we're doing this. I know, it's really exciting. It is really exciting. We'll stop giggling at some point and actually start talking properly soon. Absolutely, because we do have some serious things to say. We have, yeah, we have quite a lot of like serious things to say. Absolutely. But hi everyone, I'm Jeanette. I am the mindset nutritionist. And I'm Emma Green and I'm Emma Fitness PhD Instagram. Um, and we are both All Bodies Recovery and we wanted to start a podcast um, to bring to you um, various points of view in relation to eating disorders and eating disorder recovery and also just because we really enjoy chatting together. Absolutely and All Bodies Recovery is here to ensure that everyone can get access to the eating disorder um, treatment that they deserve and we particularly ensure that marginalised individuals are given a platform and are have a safe space where they can make a full and lasting recovery. And I don't think actually people necessarily realise how difficult it is to get a diagnosis and treatment for um, eating disorders in a straight sized and also a white body um, and that's difficult anyway but it's even more difficult as soon as you start um, you know adding in anyone who's in a marginalized body or a marginalized identity and the more you look into it the more shocking it really is I mean the more and more and more I've learned the more and more I've just ended up becoming more passionate about it because every single person should be able to get access to this kind of treatment that people need but it's very much a kind of one size fits all kind of approach right now isn't it absolutely it is yeah I mean I have lived experience of an eating disorder and I'm uh, you know in a kind of a thin body and I realized just how lucky I was in being able to go to my GP get a diagnosis and get timely treatment and that just isn't the case for um, people with one or more marginalised identities, as you as you outlined, I mean, it can be difficult for them to even just be listened to by healthcare professionals, let alone actually directed to appropriate support. Yeah. So, Emma, you're going to tell everyone how we actually came to be an um, all bodies recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. So this all started in um, Eating Disorders Awareness Week, um, which is the last week of um, February, um, at least in, in the UK. And um, as, as part of that, um, there's um, an eating disorder charity called BEAT, who are a large organisation in the UK. Um, and I'd had some brief interactions with, with them before. Um, and based on that um, posted an Instagram story saying that I was confused and frustrated with the position they hold that weight loss is something that is actually beneficial and health promoting if you're in a fat body um, despite what we know about it increasing the risk of a person developing an eating disorder and also of course it being hugely dangerous if you have a current or you have a history of an eating disorder um, and in response to to posting that story um, 
uh, Jeanette um, sent me an Instagram uh, message and we had a lot of back and forth about it and decided we wanted to do something. Um, both, both really, really passionate about this and felt that actually perhaps if we articulated to, to be why their standpoint not only just didn't make sense, but was actually um, potentially causing harm, that, that they were having a, a, a conversation with us and hopefully eventually revising their, their position. So together we, we drafted an open letter, which we, we sent to them. And um, initially was, was met with, a, with what we thought was a positive response, agreed to a, a meeting with us um, to discuss the, the concerns that we'd, we'd raised in the letter. And that was so exciting, wasn't it, at the time? We were like, oh, my God, like, they've actually read what, you know, we've put and they're getting back to us and they want to talk to us. It was really, it was like, wow, wasn't it? It was, absolutely, because we thought, you know, very carefully about what we said in the letter and we, you know, although we had to outline, you know, the our concerns very clearly, we didn't... Um, write it as as a sort of an attack because we wanted to call them into a conversation um and at this time we didn't know whether it was just a sort of a lack of awareness on on their part they hadn't quite put the pieces together so we were yeah. absolutely really encouraged by this meeting where we were hoping to kind of flesh out these ideas in in a bit more detail um but sadly that that meeting never never took place um on the day of the meeting uh, they they cancelled um and unfortunately since then um we've struggled to even have a regular email uh conversation um with them um we were asked by them to provide some more details um about um, about their stance um, and we detailed those we sent you know directed them to particular um, articles and documents that are on on their website available to, to download to demonstrate very clearly we shared some lived experiences that that of, of people who have experienced um, weight stigma um, in, in eating disorder services, including those who, where it has happened through through BEAT. Um, but sadly, um, it, it hasn't really resulted in any, any kind of action, um, even just a, a tangible conversation. We have still not had a substantive response to that open letter. And like I mentioned, that was the end of February. So this is now now a long a long period of time um, and it's it was such a shame that that didn't happen because the more we kind of went on the more we researched like we found out that um and someone else had actually written to them about their stance mm -hmm. on um, weight and fatness in relation to um eating disorders and that person also got nowhere in relation to this. And we, you know, 
Emma delved into a lot of like the website and you know to really see what was on there and this was kind of like the start of our massive learning curve wasn't it? Absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah and we we quickly realized that there was a level of awareness there um but there was reluctance to to act which was was really disappointing um, because again we were just hearing so many stories from people who'd who'd been harmed and I think I I just expected that an eating disorder charity would be compassionate and open to changing in any way if if they were causing harm. Um, and that just hasn't hasn't been hasn't been the case. Um, and so, based on that, so the the lived experiences that have been central through, throughout our our work, um, we realised that it 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 was um, certainly fat, fat people that were were being harmed hugely in eating disorders also people that have other marginalized identities as well so lgbtqia plus individuals neurodivergent individuals people of color um really anyone that isn't the kind of straight white you know um middle class uh, you know the kind of stereotypical presentation of, of eating disorders um and so we had, you know, um, gave a lot of thought and had a lot of a lot of conversations, um, and decided to expand our work um, further um, to also address um, people who were, yeah, people who were experiencing harm in in eating disorder services or, or just you know struggling to get diagnosis and treatment. Um, you know, for for these other reasons, because they just weren't being understood. Um, but certainly, it hasn't been a smooth journey um, <laughs> to to doing that. And um, we've had um, substantial pushback from some individuals and organisations about about our work. Um, yeah which was fun yeah I yeah. say in a sarcastic way <laughs> yeah I mean it was it's definitely full-on and a, a real learning um, a learning experience um but although I am really I'm thankful that that happens though um and the reason why I'm thankful is because we came to the conclusion that Although part of our work is to call people into this conversation that we're having, we're trying to obviously make, um, you know, eating disorder charities, eating disorder um, professionals or practitioners all aware that what we have at the moment for eating disorder treatment and diagnosis is not working. Um, And you know, trying to make them aware that it's not working for people with marginalized bodies. And that is important to do. But through the massive pushback that we've had, we've realized as well that actually that's not necessarily going to work. Um, Mm. Mm. 
us actually just spending our time and putting our efforts into doing that and actually pretty like pretty much burning ourselves out through that because although um, we obviously try to conduct ourselves in a you know a you know, professional and a clear way as much as we can you know we are humans mm-hmm. um, but as much as we try to do that it you know we've had a lot of personal attacks thrown at us um, which we we kind of knew that we were going to head into some of that territory. We didn't realise how much territory we were going to be in with that. Um, but it also means that we've realised that we can actually create our own table here um, and work to something that actually really, truly um, allows every single person um, to have you know, a way of actually being able to recover from their eating disorder that is safe. Um, that works with them rather than this all size fits all kind of approach or even the approach of I just um, I just work with whoever's in front of me I also think that's just as harmful um, as just trying to do an all all, like an all size fits kind of approach Um, yeah but yeah like we if anyone wants to kind of read conversations that we've had with certain people and organizations it's all over on twitter um but the kind of long and short of it was that um we started trying to reach out to organizations with a a letter which was a really lovely open letter trying to open up conversation in regards to this in a really compassionate way because we obviously know that not everybody understands about intersectionality not everyone understands about marginalized identities and we don't want to just throw people under the bus for just not knowing that we want to be able to give the opportunity to have those really meaningful conversations which could potentially lead lead to real tangible and meaningful change to how people experience you know treatment and diagnosis of eating disorders and with one organization we were met with an immediate immediately kind of a response that we were both speechless like we were so speechless about this response and not speechless in a good way speechless in a really bad way um and from that um conversations took place over on twitter Um, And it was really interesting because it's the first time me personally, so I am a, I'm a fat nutritionist um, and it's the first time I've really experienced um, being treated quite differently because I openly on that Twitter um, identified myself as a fat person. Um, People took my replies to be extremely aggressive, to be like violent. even though I am literally like the least aggressive and the least violent person in the world, my heart. Um, but it was it was assumed. And then really interestingly, as soon as I kind of like I, I Emma was just like, um, Jeanette, I'm, you need to tap out. I need to tap in right now. Um, this is a lot. And it was a lot. It, a lot was happening. Um, Emma identified herself as a straight size person with with her privileges as well. And their attitude completely changed, which was, it, it wasn't it crazy to see that, Emma? It was. It was an instantaneous change. It, 
it yeah it it took me aback really with with how how vicious they've been towards you um and i think just just reinforced actually why the work that we do is so needed because you know anti-fat bias is pervasive it really is and it exists offline just as much as it exists online um and yeah i think that was a a really uh, clear demonstration of it and among people who are supposedly in a helping profession you yeah. know who are um charging large sums of money to um you know uh help supposedly individuals with eating disorders but also train other eating disorder professionals as well so um yeah, yeah. and I think I think my main takeaway was that was that shock of wow like people really do subconsciously um think of fat people in a very different way mm. um that was my personal take home but my other take homes were that um no matter how hard we will try with this that advocacy work it's not necessarily going to um change anything because mm. a lot of people and this I, I don't know how this is going to come out a lot of people want to be really friendly with each other which I totally understand that need to be friends and be friendly and have that kind of human connection um, but when we're in a place of working with you know in social justice work in you know helping marginalized bodies and, and marginalized identities actually not be as marginalized and work towards a world where we don't have marginalized you know anyone marginalized if we're going to do that we can't just be really nice to each other um we do actually have to put some work into things and actually do a stand and obviously that doesn't mean that we have to be horrible or we have to be nasty um or we have to call people names or lie about them, you know, all of those things. We can do that in a way that is still compassionate to people, but in a way of, you know, I strongly disagree um, with your stance, but, you know, here is the reasons why this actually means that people are marginalised. And what people are doing um, in the ED community at the moment is this very kind of kumbaya approach yeah. of, but I want to be friends with anyone. But I also have a lot of compassion for that because a lot of the people within that in that community are in recovery from eating disorder themselves. And they have looked for community and they found their community. So in one breath, I'm like, I, I fully understand because their recovery is literally the most important thing. And as it should be for them, um, their recovery is very, very, very important that their recovery isn't more important than someone who has a marginalised identity. Their recovery, if they're in a straight-sized body, um, is not more important than someone who is fat, someone who is disabled, someone who is black, you know. And think, I think that's what is yet to be realised. And I'm hoping that our work that we're going to do is really going to speak for itself. Um, and people are going to look at that and rather than see that there's a divide within the ED community, it's just that they're that, like huge change needs to be made. 
absolutely and I think we want to go further because I think the thing is what you see with a lot of these people is there's a lot of talk about awareness right we're raising awareness and yeah awareness is great you know particularly Mm -hmm. if we're talking about awareness of the experiences of marginalized people right we're hearing you know we're giving a platform to and giving you know hearing people's voices that we don't usually hear that is hugely important but that's not the end point the end point is like we're saying the the social justice piece we want the tangible change it doesn't stop with awareness um and i think that's why it might seem that our approach is different to some other people because yeah we want to have conversations but we want to have conversations that lead somewhere meaningful and lead somewhere tangible there's no point us just sitting around and saying oh isn't this isn't this awful and doing nothing about it like that that doesn't you know that doesn't help and certainly in, in, you know in, in the long term you know it it is you know tough hard consistent work that is needed to create this 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 change for for people because the current system isn't working and just sitting around raising awareness isn't isn't going to change that exactly and i think you know what we want to do moving forward is and we're obviously this is a a complete slow burner for both of us isn't it because we both have our own kind of jobs going on in the background our own lives going on in the background what we're doing here is completely um like we don't pay ourselves Uh, we're not making any money whatsoever we're literally doing this out of a passion um we want to set ourselves up as a cic a community interest company um we what we see for the future is is in our organization is to be able to you know help people navigate the nhs to help people well to help professionals actually see that there is a huge need to be able to take their training further and their learning further um, and actually be able to become a safe place for people in marginalized bodies or identities um, for those professionals also especially the the professionals or the practitioners with lived experience to be able to put that as part of as an essential part of almost like their bio to be like mm-hmm. um i am a a fat eating disorder um practitioner if you're someone who is fat and you've done your work in relation to fat liberation and you know challenged your challenge your internalized fat phobia and all and all that jazz you're going to be a really safe person to go to um if another person is fat and has a very similar lived experience we really want to see that lived experience starts to be centered within the eating disorder community we don't want to see this approach which is someone a, a professional telling someone what they need to do and telling them specifically the treatments and then not giving them any options whatsoever. We need to have this person-centered approach to eating disorders. And then also be able to help individuals access not only the NHS side of things, but when the NHS side of things inevitably, maybe not inevitably, sometimes fails um, and can't be navigated, 
and then we want to have like the plan B and be able to help people find a private practitioner who will be able to help them with their recovery. Um, and like the pipe, the, the dream in like years and years to come is that this is all kind of self-funded. All the money just goes back into the organization. Um, people are paid fairly within this. We're using people of marginalized identities themselves. What else have, have I missed anything, Emma? <laughs> no, I think that that is it. Yeah, it's 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 you know, like you said, we've got we've got kind of really big goals, but this is a slow burn. But I think we're really confident that we can achieve them with the passion that we've got and the support that we've received so far. I mean, we've talked to you know in quite a lot of depth about some of the pushback we've had, and we've certainly had that, but we've also had an overwhelming amount of support. I mean, we we launched a, a crowdfunder and were really blown away by how much um, financial support that people provided within a very short space of time. And that's actually meant that we've been able to support someone um, to see a practitioner who is appropriate for their needs, um, which is just a hugely rewarding um, thing to be able to, to do. Definitely. I mean... We are, although this is a slow burner, we're trying to move forwards with, you know, having a podcast here where we are centering other people's lived experiences. Uh, in their own kind of recovery and their diagnosis. Um, so if anyone who is listening who would like to talk to us and is interested to come onto our podcast and, you know, be heard and have your story, your experiences heard by people. If you're in a marginalized body, um, please do get in touch with us. You can get in touch um, with us on our Instagram is probably our best way to do that. So that's at all bodies recovery on Instagram. Um, but yeah, please, please come forward. We want to hear more. We, we're going to be doing a whole series of talking to people about their experiences because I'm I'm someone who hasn't got a lived experience of eating disorders. So I've experienced a lot of dis, um, disordered eating, um, but I have spoken to a whole load of people who have unfortunately um, had the just the most horrible dehumanizing experiences in their treatment or diagnosis and it we can't keep we, we just can't keep on hearing these stories without doing anything me and Emma are the kind of people who put things into action aren't we we're like we yeah. can't just listen to this we can't just talk about this let's do something about it so this is us doing something about it um and we hope you you know you listen you keep on listening please always give us feedback um we want to center you know we are although we are all bodies recovery we want to center everyone's lived experiences and those people rather than ourselves so please please do give us feedback contact us talk to us we want to listen absolutely we do yeah and if you have ideas about things that you know would help in terms of us getting more of the word out about what we're doing or things that you think we're, we're not doing that we should be doing um you know definitely do you know give us that feedback because you know this is very much a ground up um you know organization and our work to date has has been that way and it makes it so much better that way because you know we're both you know just just kind of two two people um and you know so much from 
uh, you know, from the community, really. So, um, yeah, just echo um, what Jeanette said about about not being shy to to um, let us know what what you do think. So, to find out more about anything we've spoken about, please see our website www.allbodiesrecovery.co.uk. Also, have a look at our Instagram as well. Contact us from there. And we do have a contact sheet actually on our website. Um, at the moment, we have got some resources that have gone up now. We are hoping to grow our website as we go, as we get suggestions or ideas. Um, so please, please, please do refer people to there or use that yourself. And let us know how you get on with it. Absolutely. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, Emma. Lovely speaking with you too. Till the next episode. Woohoo! Bye. Bye.